Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to Wednesday Night Live. This broadcast is coming to you from the Father's Church in Dallas, Texas. My name is Ron Crawford, and it is a great privilege to be able to say hello to my congregation who are part of this fellowship in Dallas, as well as to, to greet all of our Saints Network family who are faithfully serving our Lord in so many places across this great nation and around the world. I want to begin our broadcast, which will focus on a passage in Luke chapter 22. So while I'm making this announcement, you may want to get your scripture ready. There is no handout sheet today. We're strictly in Luke 22. I want to say before we get into the study of the word that as many of you know our our very dear sister robin mcdowell has passed away and she's now in heaven with the heavenly father and um, we have been praying for the church christian church at port saint john pastor larry and vicky sparrow and their congregation we uh, as a Saints Network, are very saddened that Robin is no longer with us, and we uh, are very thankful that the Sparrows have planned to have a memorial this coming Saturday at 10.30 Eastern Time, and they have graciously invited those who would like to join uh, to do that uh, through Zoom. So my congregation will be gathering in the sanctuary here in Dallas at 9.30 Dallas time. And we will, um, we will join with whatever the Sparrows have in, uh, in plan. And if you would like to also be part of that you can reach out to them in florida and i'm sure that uh, our our dear sister annette would be happy to provide a link for you and so wanted to make that uh, announcement even though an email has gone forward to my congregation here um, basically i'm telling you what the email says so um god bless this week of memorial and um, may God bless the church there in Port St. John and may he help us all to continue on in the time God has given us here on this earth. When we look at Luke chapter 22, there are so many things that are transpiring in the uh, in the life of Jesus and in the life of his disciples. This is prior to uh, the Garden of Gethsemane and the cross. Um, Jesus is talking a lot about what is coming and he's warning his disciples in a number of ways and um, particularly we see that in, um, in this Luke 22, 
um, Jesus begins to speak about in verse 29 um, the uh, the kingdom that the Father has, and through the sacrifice of the Lord, the successful, victorious triumph at the cross and in the resurrection, this kingdom is now being made uh, available for those that would believe and follow Christ as believers and as sons. And um, Jesus also speaks in verse 30 about the coming authority that would be granted to, um, to the disciples to sit on thrones in, in heaven judging. Um, this was a, a climactic moment where our Lord is talking about what his sacrifice will make possible and how God intends to use his people. Do you realize that that sacrifice of the Lord is still being um, made available today for people? And the ramifications of what he accomplished there are still playing out in the according to the eternal timetable of our Heavenly Father. There are things that God is doing in our day, spiritually, that I believe have never really been brought forward into the main flow of the kingdom on earth. You know, the Father speaks in his word a great deal about the evolving mystery of his kingdom, of his eternal purpose. This is what we as saints pray, um, how we pray in, in diversities of tongues. The scripture talks about how that when you pray in the spirit, you're speaking mysteries, you're speaking to the Father. There are measures of interpretation that, that are brought forward and many other things that are spoken of in regard to that type of intercession. But for us, the mystery of God, which is aimed toward the fulfillment of his eternal purpose, is ongoing. And with each, with each segment of that, which each, with each transitional moment of that, there is greater uh, responsibility and um, I believe greater dispensings of authority. God gives you the opportunity to serve him and um, with everything that he does, he looks for an intercessor he looks for people who will partner with him in his glory. The Bible says we're changed from glory to glory. And I, I also know that we're in a major, major point of transition in the timing of God. And I, I think that as that is happening, 
You can also say things that our enemy is trying to do. You don't have to look very far to see it. It is, um, it is rampant in the ways that just in out in the open, sin and really debauchery are being depicted and uh, the gross darkness and the darkness that the Lord prophesied through Isaiah um, is really upon this world in a way that is unlike what it has known. But with that, God is also preparing his people. And I believe that what Jesus was saying to his disciples there in Luke 22 uh, is, uh, is an example of that type of transition. So he speaks about the kingdom coming. He speaks about the authority being granted to the disciples and the eternal measures of how God is, um, is going to be using particularly Peter here. And then, verse 31 and 32, Jesus speaks intimately to Simon with the double issuance of his name. And he says something about the enemy. And he says something about his response in prayer to what the enemy's doing. Now, I am not going to go overboard here and make assertions that I cannot validate. I'm not going to try to evangelize this up. But I do believe that these factors are happening right now. You know, this was not just a one-off with Peter. This was really the Lord talking about the maneuvers of the Spirit, the institution of the will of the Father, and the way the enemy would try to resist. And so let's read Luke 22, verses 31 and 32. The Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith fail not. And when you are converted, strengthen your brethren. This is quite a revealing a uh, couple of verses and um, I I know that um, I know that we would how, how do I say this we would be remiss if if um, if we did not look at specifically what Jesus said. 
I, I'm, I'm perplexed by some of this. Just, just to be blatantly honest with you. But I also know that this is something that is happening right now. The first thing is the Lord turning specifically to Peter and saying that um, Satan has desired to sift you as wheat. Now, what, what in the world does this mean? Now, we've talked about the sifting before, and we've talked about how that, um, that was a process that was done, a winnowing of wheat to separate chaff and um, other, uh, or perhaps, I, I don't know what, a dirt, uh, things that aren't supposed to be with the wheat and the wind would catch that and the, the hope was that what would be left was the wheat that had been harvested. I think in a lot of ways, that kind of thing, that kind of sifting of our faith is happening in the nation. It's happening in churches. It's happening probably in saints and the objective is to despoil your faith I think perhaps this is a being the, the winnowing of, of wheat would indicate that a harvest is being culled a harvest is being processed and um, I, I think that we're in that time as well. But what does it mean that the enemy desires to have you? Now, I, I readily admit that this was a difficult thing to translate. Uh, I, I fully understand the dilemma that had to exist in those scholars when they were translating this into, well, for, for King James into English. But the, the word that is used there, desired to have you, is, has great meaning for us. Because it, it is, a, the root of it is the prayer word, Iteo. A-I-T-E-O, which we have studied a great deal. We've talked about how Iteo is an authority request. It is issued upward, and it is from people who are participating in something where they have a direct hand in it, where they have been given authority, where they're partnering, and they're making requests of basically the boss concerning things that have to do with the mission. And um, so, again, Iteo is the root of this. This combinative word is only used here in all of the Bible. 
and the the first word that links with aiteo means to it, the the meaning is all over the map really when you look at it 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 essentially it means to borrow uh, it means to gain access to something but but not forever for a time and so you have iteo and this which is translated as has desired to have you now i don't know how these transactions occur i i know that we have the example of the enemy in the book of Zechariah, uh, wherein he uh, he is contesting what God wants to do in the man named Joshua. Uh, we know that the enemy contested the man Job before the throne of God. We know in the book of Revelation that the Bible speaks about the accuser of the brethren and that as we taught on several months ago speaks about our enemy picking out certain things that he feels we have um, gone beyond what we should or errors that were against the law and the enemy really contesting that and what God's plan is for us and uh, at that point <clears throat> the end of things will be near and the enemy will be in that capacity will be thrown down uh, it's still a mystery to me um, what all occurs and I've written about this I've read books about it, so it's not like I haven't contemplated this. But here is Jesus. He is about to enter the Garden of Gethsemane on his way eventually to the cross. And he says this to Peter right after he talks about the kingdom that was being initiated uh, authority that was going to be granted to Peter and and at the end of these two verses what Peter will be responsible for with the brethren now I don't know how the father revealed to Jesus that Satan was coming on the old wavelength of Iteo uh, and really wanted to Peter to an excruciating test I don't know if this was something that the enemy said to Jesus you know the Bible says the Bible says that in the end of the book of John that if all the things that happened in Jesus life were written down there wouldn't be enough books to contain them so I would think that there were things that happened with the Lord when he was in, in a high place praying or who knows when that the Lord didn't tell the disciples and didn't really uh, feel led to 
to extrapolate. Um, but at some point, this discussion had been had been um, brought forward where the enemy marked Peter and made a formal request to to test him to test his faith and from Jesus response but I have prayed for you and we'll talk about that in a moment it would seem like that was something that had been allowed now I don't have any of the details of this I'm just going off of what the Lord said here so I'm not making any doctrines about this but the first thing though that I want to say is that as we have taught about prayer and we have spoken about not only Iteo but Itima, which is the petitions, that for those who are walking closely with God, who are partnering with Him in conjunction with um, His purpose as an intercessor and as a saint, that there are ways that we're given access to communicate with the Father that are beyond the other types of listed prayer. And this term is a, I, I just say, a, a corporate level type of a thing. It's, it's for, for those that are functioning in a partnership, in an authority type of, of walk and um, I don't know when the enemy tried to negotiate this kind of uh, um, of access, but it obviously was was granted, which makes me look a little bit differently at what Jesus prophesies in just a couple of verses from here. And what actually happened when Jesus denied the Lord, or when, or when Peter denied the Lord, and even before that, when Peter uh, took a sword and sliced the ear off of uh, Malchus, um, I think that there were more things at play there with Peter, perhaps even during the prayer time when the disciples were battling to maintain awareness um, I think this is an indic indication that during this sequence um, Peter was going to be tested in an unusual way why God allows this again I always think that he wants his children to triumph fully he also doesn't ever want it to be said that the rules of the game or the rules of the contest were not fair. That uh, God didn't allow the enemy to play out his rebellion in, in every possible way. That's that's my thought, and I think it's I think it's true. 
So um, I think that right now, obviously, our enemy is moving throughout this nation, moving throughout the church in general, moving throughout the nations in an unprecedented way. Now, I, I recognize as well that the enemy has been doing despicable things that uh, aren't broadcast out in the daylight for a long, long time. I know that there has been wickedness, horrific things done in, uh, in the enemy camp in an attempt to stop the work of the Lord and to stop you. And I also believe that the enemy has tested us. And I pray that through God's grace and through God's mercy, through his love, through his word, through the sprinkling of the blood, we have been able to overcome. I, I know that there is a sifting. The things that God wants to do are being weighed in the balance. And there are a lot of winds blowing on those things. There are a lot of other earthly things and even spiritual things in the darkness that are being um, put forward and um, our faith is being tested. It's the trying of our faith. And I, and I do believe that we're about to experience great visitations of the Spirit of God, great breakthrough, all of those wonderful dispensations of the kingdom. But I, I draw your attention back to what Jesus said right after he talked about the kingdom coming and the authority that was going to be given on earth and, and even in heaven. Right then, he turns to Peter and uses the double issuance of his name, Simon, Simon. Satan has asked to, to be given the leeway to test you in unprecedented measure for a given time. I think we are in a time where... God is allowing certain things. Now, by that, I'm not saying God's allowing you to sin. By that, I'm not saying he's given you a, 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 a do not pass, you know, a get out of jail free card, you know. I, I, I'm not saying that he's given you license to sin. That's not what I mean. But there are things that the enemy is obviously doing that I'm infuriated by, I'm sure you are, I'm, I'm absolutely befuddled by how so many are openly following and promulgating things that are 
in direct affront to God, to Christianity, and to his word, and to his ways. I'm just stunned by that. And I think the enemy would like to cause your faith to go right off of that sifting mechanism, and what would be left would be the dirt, the tears, and the, the things that are not wholesome. I think right now, with the wind and the shifting of that sifter, the shifting sifter, that they're, um, they're, it's, being, it's being provided. How will you hold on to what you know to be true? Will you hold on to faith? Or you, will you embrace something that looks like faith, which is what a tear is? And will you embrace the, the foulness of the world in, uh, in these prevailing winds? I think that's coming upon our nation right now. And I think that's certainly coming against the church because of the timing of the Lord, because of what God's uh, eternal plan is and where we are in it. And I, I think that, as we've said, the harvest, the breakthrough, all of those things are immediately in front of us. But this has been and in many ways continues to be a time of testing what was Jesus response to that did he go to the courtroom of heaven and argue with the accuser or did he tell Satan no way or did he did he say I take authority over you I'm gonna send angels to drive you away those are things that we might like for the Lord to do but instead our Lord says that he has prayed for Peter the word translated as pray is a word that we talked a bit about on Sunday deomai which is a direct extension from deo which is the binding characteristic of supplication partnership. We talked about this on Sunday. We've studied about it before, and we are going to be mentioning it again at this coming seminar, uh, the Atonement Seminar in the middle of September here. So Jesus speaks out of his supplication. He speaks out of his commitment as an intercessor to the will of the Father. Now, remember, we said two things come out of um, deasis, which is from Deo, supplication. One is prosuke, which is insight that we need to be laying claim to, praying it forth, speaking it forth. And additionally, then, Deomai, which, at, under the directive of the Heavenly Father, are things that we need to ask God for and believe God for in, in a moment of, of great significance 
in the path of whatever that supplication is intended to achieve. I think that's very interesting. Jesus obviously knew all the dimensions of prayer, but here he speaks for Peter as a direct um, as a direct request based on his supplication because Peter was going to be in need and the Lord was asking based upon his supplication partnership as the great intercession uh, intercessor with the Father he was asking I don't know what kind of help for Peter now it does say that your faith fail not what does that mean well faith is of course pistis and we do know from our study that that is what God had entrusted to Peter to do what does fail not mean this is another interesting word because it it really means in in the bigger expanse to not lose anything to whatever you have that when you come to your destination you're not lacking this or that part and um, so I guess you could look at this from two perspectives first of all that Peter would fulfill what his role was in the ministry of Jesus and that when Jesus accomplishes the task of faith from the right hand of the throne that Peter would not be missing that that is a noble interpretation but for Peter himself what factors in his faith were being tested toward the goal of removing them I think that this is the way the enemy really works against believers. He doesn't just come in and try to one fell swoop knock you out. He he will try to remove a certain facet or another facet so that you perhaps eventually would collapse on your own. Um, if he does a full frontal attack against your faith, that's going to fail because all of us would immediately recoil into a defensive posture and we would call out to God like we never have before. But to nibble, to um, pick here and pick there so that certain strengths would go that's what Jesus was praying that Peter would not surrender the significant facets that were necessary for faith to be uh, achieved and I think that's significant for us because you know as a pastor I've watched people over the years and I've watched bit by bit things be taken out 
And, you know, you, you say, well, why don't you run and warn people? Because I'm not the school tattler. You know, Jesus said to Peter, what did Jesus say to Peter? I'm praying for you that your faith does not collapse. Jesus warned him, this is what's going to come against you. And Peter then had to walk it out. Did I pray for the people that I saw um, bartering away their strengths? Yeah. But had I gone to them and warned them, one of two things would have happened. Number one, I would be robbing them of what they needed to be doing before the Father for themselves, like doing somebody's homework for them or fighting somebody else's battle, which robs them of their crown. Or secondly, given the way some of the folks that I saw were moving, they would have considered that as me trying to control them. The enemy would have used that. Uh, they would have gone and then said, do you know what he said to me? And I wasn't going to engage in either of those, but I did pray. I saw some folks who, one of the main ones the enemy will hit with your faith is your prayer time. Another thing is other gloves, other pathways, other things that you would invest your, um, your agape in, like Demas who forsook Paul. You know, I, we've seen this happen to where people become infatuated with other things and subsequently then certain facets of their true faith begin to diminish and sometimes it's the last straw that causes them to collapse offenses offenses and iniquities really do serve as sledgehammers of this because people the enemy will appeal to some way that the twisting of the person has uh, either engaged in bitterness or in wounding or some way where um, the enemy does not want gifts being utilized for the kingdom uh, but rather utilized for the benefit of the person or for the darkness and he he tries to activate he tries to hit those he tries to maneuver and again, he will try to cause the person to then process and come to the decision for themselves, supposedly, of how they can do away with this or back off on this spiritual axiom or accept this other thing that has all the bells and whistles. And pretty soon, the mission from the right hand of the Father fails. So that thy faith fail not really is a, a, a an amazing statement so let's look at this again peter is being talked to in a very intimate way very personal way by jesus and he says satan has made some kind of an official request to be able for a brief season test you uh, but i am from my point of intercessory partnership in supplication with the father I am asking for a dispensation of strength. I'm asking for the Father to intervene for you in the midst of that. And I'm asking as well that um, 
that your faith would remain strong, that your mission from the right hand of the throne would remain strong, and that you would, you would not surrender the things that are crucial for your overcoming. Isn't that interesting? Um, this, is, this is quite interesting. And then when you are converted, in other words, when you have returned victoriously to the original uh, calling of your faith, it is then that you can be a champion for your brethren in aligning them with their responsibilities in the histemi that God's placed within them and the histemi that, that God has given them responsible responsibility for, which is going to be, in no uncertain terms, bought and paid for and guaranteed through the cross, which is literally the stake of ownership in the histemi. Sterizo means to, to come to the absolute point of purity in the estemi within and the estemi that God has assigned you to. And that is strengthen. That's what strengthen is. So when you emerge from this testing and you assert yourself in the purity of your calling, that's what conversion is, you then Help your brethren to stay strong in that same point of divinely ordained calling. This is a, it's an amazing thing that the Lord says. And of course, then Peter goes on, you know, I'm ready to go with you both into prison and to death. And we know, we know that story. And I'm, I'm not faulting Peter here. But what I am saying is that we need to take a look at our lives in this time of sifting and say, where am I in this? We've talked about breakthrough. We've talked about um, the victory that is immediately ahead in this battle. It's not the conclusion of the battle, the war. It's not the conclusion. There are a lot of things yet to come that the Bible has prophesied. But this window of opportunity, this window of breakthrough, this window of parats, harvest, the demonstration of the kingdom in ways unlike we've ever seen, that's immediately ahead. And I think this time of sifting uh, is to try to, God's allowing it for us to be tested to prove that we really are committed and in the economy of God, it's not a gospel of works, but you're, you're going to be tried. You know, read the epistles. Read the epistles. You know, your faith is being tried as fire, as gold in the fire. Seems I read that somewhere. When you're tested for a little while, uh, you will emerge. Um, there are a lot of scriptures about that. And the temptation 
and the testing just in the general church we've often uh, it has often been taught that that's some kind of sinful action and maybe some desire to knock over the piggly wiggly or to go honky tonkin or you know gamble away the money those may be factors in the overall testing but wherever testing you talk about faith being purified as in fire it's what are you being asked to do from the right hand of the throne that's what it is and those other things may play a part in knock in the attempt to knock out the pegs upon with the pillars upon which you're established but testing and temptation are not just the things of this world that appeal they are a strategy to keep you intended to keep you from serving God in as intercessors and as people who are um, who are moving forward in the Lord so uh, I I know that this is kind of an odd message I I don't want to waste too much time trying to discover how the enemy could make some kind of an Iteo demand request for a period of time I, I think I think that period of time was rather clearly earmarked it really began in the garden it then went to the campfire uh, where Peter was warming his hands it then went to his running away and by the time the crucifixion occurred we don't know how much long we don't know the time frame but the enemy was really trying to destroy what Jesus believed what he needed in Peter and also Peter's responsibility so why did I feel led to bring this message to you today first of all to remind you of how important you are to the work of the kingdom what things are trying to unsettle your faith right now what things are trying to remove the uh, the pillars of your calling in the Lord you better gird them up you, you better not be some of you know you're being tested in this way and you want pastor to become an evangelist and lay into you I'm not going to do that Jesus didn't do this to Peter you are seasoned saints and you need to recognize that these are spiritual dynamics here or the Lord would not have said them I'm not welcoming the enemy to come and test I'm not putting out a sign come and test us I'm not saying that listen if you don't feel the testing by now you better wake up and have a good cup of, uh, of Texas pecan coffee and get in the game because it's happening all around there, there are things that, that the enemy is trying to do to stop 
what God has ordained to come in his timetable. I don't want to fail the Lord. I want to watch over my own life, but I also know that Jesus ever lives to make intercession. He's offering supplication for us, just as he did for Peter. And I don't want to deprive him or my Heavenly Father of what God fully desires for me to be faithful in. So it's a twofold thing there. Jesus' deami, which comes out of supplication for a specific point of need, um, his deami was about Peter's faith, but you're not offering deomai unless you're also functioning in supplication. So the Lord was asking on behalf of his mission as well. I think that's notable to see. So I just want you to recognize that the Lord ever lives to make intercession for you. He's praying for you. He's praying for me. Thank him. He's praying for this work of the saints. He's praying for his people to do the will of the Father. And there are things that the enemy in this sifting across our nation, so much of it is just flat satanic. And that's not even to mention what China's got brewing or things that are happening in the spirit realm. Uh, the enemy would love to cause saints who have made it this far to whittle down their position in the Lord and fail what the right hand of the throne has required. But Jesus is praying for you. Jesus, thank you, Lord, is praying for me. Do you realize that? You need, to, you need to give thanks to the Lord for that. Thanks to the Father for that. But we must be faithful. We must remain committed to our ministry at the right hand of the Father. Must remain committed to what we've been given to do as saints, as sons. And not deprive our precious Lord of whatever it is that we're supposed to be doing for him. See, that's the way you overcome the enemy. That's the onus of this whole passage. But I have prayed for you that your faith fail not. That we recognize that we're in this with the Lord. We are intercessors, supplicants, as he is, the end result, the goal, is what is being ordained at the right hand of the Father and what has been launched from there from the foundation of the world. The Lord's praying for me that I don't fail in that, and I don't want to fail in that. So my objective is to please the Lord. My objective is to please the Father and to fulfill his calling 
yeah, you can recognize what the enemy's doing. But our objective is not to argue with the enemy, but to redouble our efforts to make sure that our faith is secure and that our intercession continues to move and that we are doing as much as we can to align ourselves with the mission that the Lord gave his life and rose again for us to embrace. So, God bless you all. Thank you for allowing us to study the word together today. You know, when, when, when the breakthroughs and the harvest really begins to flow, we're going to be able to counsel and strengthen, maybe strengthen the brethren and to uh, really admonish them, exhort them to stand firm in their histemi with the cross. That's what Jesus said to do. What a colorful collection of words carefully chosen by our Lord Jesus. Heavenly Father, I speak blessing over your saints. I speak blessing over every part of their calling and their mission. I know that you are praying right now, Lord Jesus, for me and for the saints. I thank you for that. We thank you for that. And whatever it is that you have earmarked to strengthen through your intercession, we receive that. And may we partner with it that in our weakness, you would be made strong. But we are not giving up. We are not surrendering. We are committing ourselves and submitting ourselves to you. Bless your people. Provide for them. Thank you for adding to us all that we need. And we receive that confidently. And we, we give you praise for it, for it will continue. And we give you thanks for what you're doing. And we ask all of this in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us. May God bless you. And we'll look forward to reaching out again soon for more studies in the Word of God. Goodbye.